The 80s are over, and the time has come to cover the final B-side from the Batman album. On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lurks podcast, we'll be talking about sex. The song, that is. And joining me on this episode is Ernie Wiles. Welcome to the show, Ernie. Hey, welcome. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for joining me on this episode to talk about sex from the scandalous sex suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a first-time guest. And I, yeah, and if you wouldn't mind, Ernie, telling the listener a little bit about yourself, um, maybe your background and your connection to Prince, I think that would be appreciated, not just by me, but by the listeners as well. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know how how deep the the listeners are as far as podcasts go. Um, Some might recognize me from... from, uh, uh, podcast, a Prince podcast from, from Michael Dean. Sometimes I go by the name there, Day Dropping. Um, so, you know, that's, that's me. If you've heard me there, then you hear me here. I usually have like a, a one to 10 score on, on, on the tracks when I go over them. And uh, that's kind of what I'm known for there. As far as my connection with Prince, uh, well, I mean, I've I'm 49 years old now, so I've been listening to Prince for a good number of years. In fact, I can remember lying on my tummy next to a big old record player thing that everybody seemed to have in the 70s and the 80s in their living room, and with my ear next to the uh, uh, um, the speaker there, listening to radio. And um, one of the first songs that I remember hearing was a song called Little Red Corvette. Had no idea who it was or anything, but I really dug the beat. And I loved the song, and I would find myself listening to the radio hours on end on, on a summer day, wanting to, waiting for that song to come back. And when I would hear the DJ talking about Little Red Corvette coming up, or, or you know, his song Little Red Corvette by Prince. And I go, oh, okay, I got to remember that name. I got to remember that name. Mm-hmm. And it all pretty much started from there. Little Red Corvette back in, what was it, 82, 83, 83, somewhere yeah, around 83. there? Yeah, yeah. 83. Yeah. And um, that's that was my first conscious uh, listening to Prince. And I say it that way because then I would later find out that, hey, I also – uh, like some of his older tracks and didn't realize that it was him um, that and then later on you know I, I, I would always find myself gravitating towards certain songs and then realize that they were Prince songs like I Feel For You, Chaka Khan or, or, or Manic Monday from the Bangles uh, or Sugar Walls from Shanice and just songs that I just liked I had no idea they were Prince songs but I was a lot more attached to that sound so I always dug that Minneapolis to music sound from from the early 80s and um, I have to say, I picked the right one when it came to picking Prince as one of the major artists that I follow because of how how diverse the cat, the cat is. Um, yeah. And I say is because in my mind, you know, the music lives on even though the person's no longer here. So I say is, you know, but, um, you know, I and I, I just have never looked back since, you know, I've always enjoyed it, always look, looking forward to new stuff. And the thing is, he's so prolific. There is always new stuff. So that's kind yeah. of my my take there with with Prince and and my quick rundown history with him. Yeah, I'm with you on on that with the his prolific nature in writing music really is a gift for those of us you know that are still listening to his music and never really stopped or even if we did stop it was for a brief period because then mm-hmm. when we finally caught back up with him it's like, well, I missed 10 albums <laughs> you know i, I stop if you stop listening to him for 10 years you're gonna have 10 albums to listen to you know to catch yeah. up you know it's you got a lot of 
catching up to do if you take a pause in his um you know in your fandom i guess and that is anybody true. who is now still listening to his music is treated every so often with new stuff coming out of the vault and so it's just never ending and it's and it's a great and beautiful thing for you know us fam that that really still like listening to his stuff because we're still we're spoiled in that way i would say definitely spoiled. very true <laughs> not everybody has quite the uh the deep vault of unreleased material that prince does so we've got a lot to look forward to i still hope um okay so we're talking again about sex the song that was on the scandalous sex suite which for those of you who might not remember scandalous sex suite was just another name for the scandalous 12 inch release mm-hmm. scandalous being the fourth release single in the united states from the batman album it received a 7 and 12 inch uh, vinyl release also on cd as well and probably cassette as you know 1989 was a time when there was a, a multitude of media options cds if you were in the know tapes were more prevalent and common vinyl was starting to fade out but was still being pressed um in 1989 if you picked up the seven inch for scandalous you would have gotten when two are in love as the b-side which was a song that was previously heard on love sexy the year prior or now the black album if you had the bootleg but if you grab the 12 inch you were treated to a whole suite of songs um that were kind of inspired by based off of the groove from scandalous you had the whole scandalous sex suite which the crime the passion the rapture and then on the other side of that you had this new composition called sex which thematically of course just looking at the name of the song you know thematically it's going to fit in with the scandalous sex suite a song titled sex um but you know if you weren't sure you might think it might be like some sort of remix or some sort of reimagining but it's a it's an entirely brand new song what was your familiarity if any ernie with this song um in real time or when did you become aware of this song um well i became aware of it uh when i got the the scandalous sex suite and uh, in getting that See, where I live here, because I live in, in Southern California, way, way real close to the border. <clears throat> and uh, back then, I, I was still living here. And it's a very small town. And it's not the type of town where you're going to get a lot of uh, the, the record stores, because there were record stores at the time here. Um, they didn't have very much in terms of variety. They are just very mom and pop type of record stores. So they didn't have Scandalous X-Ray. They would have Prince uh, albums, CDs and cassettes. Uh, and every once in a while, the occasional single. Um, but it wasn't something where you can go in and get a lot of uh, the obscure mixes, the 12-inch mixes or things like that here. So I had to special order this. Um, and I got it right before Christmas in 89 is when it came in. And, you know, I'd go in there, check every day. So is it here? Is it? No, not yet, not yet. Until finally it came in. I'd go riding my bike over there because I didn't have a license yet. And... Uh, and finally I got it. And that's when I first heard of it. I had no idea what tracks were going to be on it. I just wanted to get it because it was a Prince production thing. And so I, I got Scandalous Sex Week. And that's where I first heard about it. Um, nice. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I back then it was a lot more difficult to get a hold of information on Prince yeah. stuff. Nowadays, you, you know, you don't have to look very far to get the info. But back then it, it was, I, I would have no idea how to 
find out anything about it unless I saw heard something about it in the in a magazine or 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 something along that end. I don't even remember how I found out about this particular release, but um, that's how I got hold of it. Uh, was yeah. having to order it and waiting around and waiting and waiting and waiting. Luckily, I got it before Christmas. It was released at the beginning of the month in December '89, but I, you know, I didn't get it till like about the third weekend, something like that. So it's a few days before Christmas I got it. Early Christmas gift, I guess you could say, for that year in '89. Yeah. Okay. So you were definitely on it, you know, right away in 1989 mm-hmm. when it was released. That's cool. Um, I I did not own the Scandalous Sex Suite back in '89, so it took me much longer probably another 10 years or so before i finally mm. heard this song because uh, a lot of you know for me and i've mentioned this in other podcast episodes the 90s were kind of a time <laughs> where i i wouldn't say I completely checked out but i wasn't checking for print stuff quite as religiously as i did in the 80s or would later on so the 90s were kind of like a lost decade after maybe symbol album i was a little bit off the Prince train for a while. I was in college and listening to a whole bunch of different types of music. And, you know, uh, his sound at the time wasn't as, wasn't speaking to me personally as much as it did in the eighties, but I, I came back around to it and, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed this, this, um, 12 inch, the whole thing, not just sex or this, you know, the different versions of scandalous, but the whole thing mm-hmm. as a cohesive, uh, release i think it was really cool how he did it and just kind of had a theme and he was running with it and creating songs i don't know if he had that in mind when he record wrote and recorded this song in the summer of 89 if um he had this whole concept in mind or if he just wrote it and then when he had the concept he's like oh yeah that song would totally fit on this i don't know which came first right so it's interesting <laughs> to think about um let's see also i wanted to mention that uh, levi caesar jr is credited as a co-writer for this song i don't know if you ever noticed that it's not just for or written by for the Prince. song sex yeah oh yeah. so yeah that i didn't know yeah it's uh listed on prince vault as written by prince and levi caesar jr so i learned something new when i looked that up because i never really paid attention to the writing credits and i don't honestly know if it's if he's credited like that on the scandalous sex suite i should have looked at that beforehand i didn't because i have this on vinyl and also the cd single but i didn't look at that because you know how sometimes credits were not always clear at the time but then they've been clarified and more uh documented better later on so i I don't know which if if he was credited right there at the release in 89 or if it became later that he received his credit and have to talk to Dwayne about that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And be interested what, um, you know, what, what he contributed to the song. Was it lyrics? Was it music? Not sure. Yeah. Uh, were you aware Ernie that there was a, a re-recording or maybe a cover? I don't know how, probably more of a re-recording. Mm-hmm but also a cover potentially depending on the definition, how you define it of this song by a, a Dutch girl group named Lois Lane. I, I was in just recently. Um, yeah, I, I've <laughs> heard it. I looked for it, found it on YouTube, but it's a live version and you hear a lot of the instrumentation from the scandalous sex suite version in it. And, um, you know what? It doesn't sound, it sounds pretty good. Sometimes I don't like 
the when, when people cover his his uh songs or you know unless he specifically gave it to them and that's what we know but on this one here uh and he did he did give it to lois lane right and they mm-hmm. recorded it and uh i guess it's i would consider it kind of like a cover uh because yeah, it's, it's very it's similar they didn't it's, really change anything other than the 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 her saying referring to herself as female uh, the female identification versus the male identification when Prince sings it. So he sang it as a as a male, because sometimes he'll you know he'll sing songs and and you'll do the the vocal tracks on them as as a female, saying you know referring to himself like she and this and that because the intent is that it it's going to go over to a female singer. He didn't yeah. do that with this song, but she, when she wrote when she recorded it, she you know referred to her as her or she or I forget somewhere in the lyric, it it um there's a reference there. And um, and it sounded it sounded good. I gotta admit, it's not bad. Yeah, no, I listened to it uh, not too long ago too for the very first time because I wasn't aware of it until I started doing some research for the song. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, <laughs> who's Lois Lane and what is this song? So I listened <laughs> to it. There's actually also a music video on YouTube. I found the the video, like the official release video by the band. Oh, and um, yeah, it sounds very similar. Like the music is almost identical. And I believe Prince had, you know, like you said, given it to him. So he, they had complete authorization to use like original bass tracks <coughs> from the 89 version. So it wasn't like they had to re-record it on their own. Like you would normally have to do in a cover. So that's why it's kind of like, it seemed more like a, like I recorded this, but it was a B-side, very you know, it's not very well-known song. I can give it to somebody because these, this uh, group, this Lois Lane group, they're Dutch. They're from the Netherlands. The song, I mean, they weren't a big popular band in the United States. It's not like he was giving it to like, Honestly, I never or, heard of them until I looked into this song. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Me neither. And, and honestly, this song didn't really perform on the charts, even in Europe. So it wasn't like a big hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that because, you know, listeners might be interested in checking it out for themselves or finding it on YouTube and listening to it and making their own conclude coming up to their own conclusions on what they think about this song versus, you know, the original Prince version and how it compares to them. Um, Okay, so then I guess we don't really have much else. I don't have much else to talk about in terms of like the song's recording history and not a lot is documented um you know it's kind of a an interesting song because it received a cover that was authorized and um you know it was, it was part of a a 12 inch only release so you couldn't get it on a seven inch release so it kind of makes it even more obscure it wasn't included it as part of the hits in the b-sides collection so it's not really one of those songs that is often thought about when thinking of Prince's B-sides, I don't think. I mean, I don't hear sex no. brought up too often when people cite, you know, the amazing 80s run of Prince's B-sides. But, I mean, technically, it's a it's a whole new song. It's it, not... It, um, I didn't even know it was really a B-side. Uh, I always just thought it was just... An, I, I gave it as much thought as its inclusion where it comes out in as a song like uh, Violet the Organ Grinder. It's yeah, part of yeah. that mix. It's part of that group of songs of that Mac single whatever it is it's part of that and and there you go it's it's kind of like a new song and there you and there it is and, and enjoy it while it's there and i kind of saw this song as that but i will say yeah. i i uh i had 
when I saw that this song was on the the Scandalous Sex Suite, it I was immediately intrigued by it by the song title because I'm like, oh wow. Uh, there was always certain songs that I go at some point we got it. We're going to hear this. And I, and I expected my mind to be blown. And that's, that would be a song that's related to, or specifically called God, a song that's related to, or specifically called sex, a song that's related to, or specifically called love. I go, when we get those tracks, because those are like main themes in princedom you know as mm-hmm. well you know that 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 go out through that so when we hear those i'm expecting something to blow my mind and of those three that i said only one did so <laughs> uh, which one which one god is the only one that gotcha. did for me that really made me like whoa okay this is cool especially the instrumental um as I'm, a, as I'm a how, fan of love from 3121. I like I like love I like it. It's just I expected a whole lot more from a song called Love coming from Prince. That's <laughs> sure, what, sure. You know, and, and same thing here. I, I, with this one, I expected a whole lot more. When I got to go, oh, that's cool. But I maybe should have named it something else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Yes. I mean, this is a this is a fine song, but I it isn't. It doesn't blow me away either, but yeah, it's not a song that should be called "Sex Coming from Prince." That's why I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the theme of this song isn't like you hear a song called "Sex" and you're gonna you you maybe think that you're gonna get something. I don't know if you're gonna thinking you're gonna get something really raunchy or something really taboo or explicit, um, but you don't really so much here. It's more seemingly more about a song of Prince expressing how important sex is in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. Which great. I mean, that's a great concept. It's a great idea, but it's a, it's a little tame. <laughs> I mean, if you'd have named the song monogamy, then, <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. But to name it sex, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It, just, I, it works. It. The title works in it. I get it. I get it. But it's it fits just, in with what Prince was talking about in this time, like the late 80s. He was really like love sexy on. He was yeah. seemingly really focused on monogamy and focused on still focused on sex, but in a healthy uh, relationship, one yeah. where there's trust and there's, you know, um, a, a belief that that's that you're engaging in this with the, the one person in your life that's going to be there forever and. Like I said, monogamy is also super important to him in this time. So if this might have been released in 1981, 1982, we might have gotten a different version of sex. But in 1989, he's still pretty onto these uh, these themes and these topics. I mean, he's about to, you know, he's about to um, film Graffiti Bridge here any minute now after this release. So we all know, like, that's a very spiritual movie and a very spiritual uh, album. Love Sexy was very spiritual. So a song named Sex released in 1989, right in between, sandwiched in between those two projects. You're probably going to assume you're going to get something much less um, shocking, I guess. Mm -hmm. I did, anyhow. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That was my expectation of it, but but yeah, it was okay. cool though. I mean, I like the song. I, don't get me wrong, I do like it. It's like it's, it's as sparse as it, as it is because there isn't that much going on with the song. 
but it, it's very danceable. It, it's it's a song that sticks in your head. It's an earworm type of song once you hear it. And and it's one of those songs that like you touched on earlier. It's one of those songs where people when they when they've heard the song back before and then somebody mentions it now, they're like, Oh, I forgot about that song. Yeah, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good track. It's one of those type of songs. You know, so yeah. Forgotten, yeah, but so. you know, uh, not remembered, but not forgotten. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Okay, well, if you're ready to start going through the lyrics, let's dig in. Let's go. So my name is Endorphin. I can make you happy, you see. I come from planet Venus, I don't take to that. All right, so the very first lines we hear from Prince, he says, So my name is Endorphin. I can make you happy, you see. I come from planet Venus, and I'll take you there. You could be my ecstasy. It is over, and the time has come For a new proclamation of love and fun Neither me and trust is what I'm talking about Give up all my lovers if you can make me shout Oh, S is for scandalous, B is for exciting Answers for adults, only less than something The 80s are over and the time has come For a new proclamation of love and fun Monogamy and trust is what I'm talking about I'll give up all my lovers if you can make me shout Oh So I think like that, that very first verse of this song you're already like if you're expecting something really erotic and taboo like i mentioned before um maybe something that's arousing you you're kind of deflated a little bit listening to this very first verse (laughs) a lot of it yeah (laughs) monogamy and trust is what i'm talking about okay again these are very good concepts don't get me wrong i'm not trying to rip on monogamy and trust in a sexual relationship with somebody else I'm just saying, like, okay, well, this is safe. You know, this is a very safe subject. Uh, it's a very safe concept. Mm. Um, but the the very beginning of this is kind of intriguing, where he he's citing, like, he's taking on a persona of a new character named Endorphin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of understand endorphins are the reference <laughs> to, like, the chemical release during <laughs> orgasm. Well, I understand sex. that now. But I'll tell you, <laughs> sure. When, I was 16 when this came out, so I, I had I hadn't taken chemistry yet. I didn't know what endorphins were. You so couldn't Google was, it. <laughs> I couldn't Google it. I had no idea what it is. I honestly thought that he was saying, "So my name is a dolphin." I thought he was hmm. calling himself a dolphin. And for years, that's what I thought he was saying. I go, why is he calling himself a dolphin? Then later on, when the track dolphin came out. I go, oh, okay, makes sense now. And I, it just, it just qualified it, qualified that that misheard yeah. lyric. And then, so then, then I thought, nah, that that's, that doesn't make sense. That's kind of dumb. Um, and so, in in my head, I just morphed it around for it to be a lyric. So my name isn't perfect. And 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 forever, I hear it that way. Even when I hear it now, I hear it that way. Even though I know what the correct lyric is, I'm like, okay cool so now i know that his name is actually is not dolphin it's not imperfect it's endorphin and i wonder i think that might be the first time that you hear that in one of his lyrics i know later on endorphin machine had it but uh i don't think 
you ever heard I that? Don't, that? I yeah, having gone through all of his songs up to this point, I don't have any uh, memories of him using the word endorphin prior to this song. Yeah, so again, that that was just not something. That's not a word that I knew. So it's not a word that I recognized. So when I heard it, I didn't hear that because I didn't know what that was. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that yeah, it's it, you're right. It's like he's taking on a, a persona here with with that name. So kind of weird. Yeah, but yeah, and and later in this verse, he says, "I come from Planet Venus, and I'll take you there." So he's kind of giving us the impression that this character Endorphin is an alien of sorts and of course that's um emphasized in the second verse and when we get to that but also i'm like okay if somebody coming from the planet venus venus is typically you know used as a metaphor to represent yeah for love and so you're you're getting that kind of impression that you know love is an important aspect of of this person's this endorphins uh sexual adventure is is going to be like i'm going to give you pleasure but it's got to be coming from a, a love love place like a place of love like right, the planet right. venus and so yeah. I, I will say this regarding the, these lyrics on here and um you could well you you can most likely apply it to most of his oddball lyrics it's an oddball lyric this first chorus you know um or the the first verse here it's an oddball lyric lyric set of lyrics and when you just read it and you don't hear it in the music, it, it it reads weird, you know? So my name is Endorphin, I can make you happy to see, I come from Planet Venus and I'll take you there, you could be my ecstasy. It, it reads funny. But what I, what I usually think about now, and this is since it's passing, you've had so many people coming out and and, and within his, his circle who would not have spoken out before. And then um, you get, a, especially in my taste book, where she talks about certain songs would have certain phrases that her and him would have, that, that he would say certain things to her, and then it, or she would say things to him or do things, uh, you know, with him, you know, and not necessarily in a sexual way or anything, but just in general, life, daily life things, and they would wind up in music. And so it wouldn't surprise me if weird lyrics like this might have been conversation between him and somebody who he was dating at some point. And, and, you know, he, he said, you know, you know, just maybe pillow talk or something saying that, you know, his name's endorphin and this and that, and just doing those kind of, that kind of talking with this girl. And then here it comes here. We have no idea. It's an inside Mm -hmm. conversation between him and whoever that girl was. Uh, But it wouldn't surprise me if all these weird lyrics are not as weird as we think there is context to them. It's not just something like, oh, I need something to rhyme with this word. And then no, no, no. But you know, you're 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 playing around with the stuff, but I, I'm pretty sure that that something like this was probably something that he lived or did with somebody. So mm-hmm. you know, I that, that that's what I was thinking about that this morning. I was when I was driving around, and I go, you know what? I bet that's why that, that lyric is so weird because it's probably something that he some kind of conversation he had with with the female at the time. Maybe Kim Basinger, maybe still with Susanna. I don't know, but I could. I could see that being a lyric that something that he had said, a conversation, or maybe they had with him. Yeah. Yeah, certainly possible. I mean, that, that, that's brings up a good point about how conversational uh, topics or things that were mentioned just in conversations with others, if they had some sort of, I don't know, poetic uh, attachment, they could be used as lyrics. Like most of us speak and talk in non poetic language <laughs> like day-to-day mm-hmm. conversations we're not using this type of language 
to communicate with each other. And I, uh, Prince, I think sometimes would, especially with people that he was really intimate with, like his lovers and his girlfriends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. it's certainly possible. And the other thing that about this verse, you know, that that dates it, of course, is the line, the 80s are over and the time has come. So that line wasn't changed for the version that was released by Lois Lane in 1982. And I guess it doesn't need to be because 1982, yeah, close, the, yeah. yeah, the decade was only, you know, over with by two years. So it, it still worked. Like if they would have released it in 1999 <laughs> or 98, it would have been a little more odd and they might have had to or might have wanted to make an adjustment there in the lyrics. But right. yeah, the eighties are over. The time has come for a new proclamation of love and fun. So again, I don't know if this is kind of him also closing the chapter on his career or his, or his personal life, more like probably his personal life, maybe where the playboy prince in his mind, at least he was, <laughs> cause we all know that that didn't, isn't exactly how it happened. Right. But maybe in his mind, he was thinking the playboy prince is, you know, I need to close that chapter 80s were a fun time. I became famous in the 80s. I was able to date a lot of women in the 80s. Um, I I had a lot of fun, but now the 80s are over. I'm maturing. I'm in my just starting my 30s. I need to start thinking of, you know, settling down, potentially finding a mate, having this sort of um, relationship with them. Not to say like sex is going to be de-emphasized because it never really was in his in his career. Uh, but certainly maybe looking at it from a different perspective, like the 90s are almost here. And then later on, we'll we'll kind of understand a little bit more maybe why he was thinking this way. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but there's a couple lines later in the song that, that kind of pinpoint maybe some fears that he had about uh, living a, a lifestyle that involved a lot of casual sex. <laughs> so he might be oh, thinking yeah. of saying this and saying, to himself or maybe just as a a general comment like we as a society maybe need to be thinking of sex in a different way it's thinking of it from a from a standpoint of monogamy and trust as he mentions in the same verse i'll give up all my lovers if you can make me shout so basically like i don't need a whole bunch of other people to please me as long as i have one person that you know can do it for me yeah. Um, do you get anything else from this verse, or should we move on? From from this verse, well, I <laughs> I always thought it was kind of funny that uh, yeah, well, I agree with you in terms of him uh, kind of uh, not dismissing, but put putting to bed, as it were, uh, rude boy, uh, or from DMSR days with mm-hmm. this by saying that those eighties are over and it's time for a new proclamation of love and fun. A new proclamation. It's still love and fun. But there's a new, there's some new rules involved here now. Um, then he describes what those are and what's that new proclamation? It's about monogamy and trust. That's that's what he's talking about now. That's that's yeah. the new that's the new groove. But it's funny that the following line right there is, "I'll give up all my lovers." Like, he's not very monogamous now, is he? If you can make me shout. So otherwise, if, and if, if you can't make me shout, group, I'm not giving up all my lovers. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, he won't. I mean, how monogamous is he really? You know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's still holding on, still holding on to that, to that rude boy thing. Hey, you know what? If you're it, then then I am there. I guess that's what it is. If you're it, then I'm there with you. Just you and me. If you're the one, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 maybe he's exploring the idea of finding that one with this song, and and this is what he's saying. You know, if you're the one, then I'm gonna drop all my other uh you know day to days as as you could say and um 
you're you're it. Yeah. You're it all week, you know. And yeah, can talk about definitely. the next week, but you're at all this week, anyhow. <laughs> so. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty likely uh, way to interpret that. I mean, he was still dang, dangling Susanna here and there. And like I said, he, he was obviously had Kim Basinger and, um, and Anna, who knows who else. Anna Garcia. Yeah. Ah, that's right. Anna Garcia. That's yep, right. Was around this time, Oof. too. Anna Garcia. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> he knew how to find the beautiful women. He had a good eye. He had good eyes. He had, you know, 2020 vision. Yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, so that's, after that's this verse, then... that's two tens per eye. 2020 <laughs> vision, two tens. Yeah. So after this verse, he um, he does a little bit of a fun way of defining sex using acronym. S is for scandalous. E is for exciting. X is for adults only. Let's do something frightening. And then that leads right into the chorus. Sex, sex, can't stop feeling, baby. Can't stop the feeling, baby. Nobody should. Sex, anything that's dangerous has to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the acronym is, he only really does that. I think this is the, the only time. The, the one yeah, time. I think, yeah. I think it's the only time. So scandalous using S's for scandalous ties it back to the theme of the, the, the scandalous sex suite and right. the single that maybe inspired the song. E is for exciting. They pay. Hey, that's pretty self-explanatory. X is for adults only. You know, you have to assume that that means like triple X or X rated. Mm-hmm. And that's something that should only be, you know, if we're talking like legal adults participation, not to say that teenagers don't have sex, but if we're only going to, if we're talking about that, we have to keep it legal. <laughs> talking right, right. The adult perspective and also that he's only going to uh, pursue this with adults. Let's do something frightening. So I don't know if he means frightening from the standpoint like, something freaky or if he means frightening me like let's do something frightening like monogamy Ooh, scary thought you know what i i, I could go with that i i, I kind of take it like that I, it's very easy to just go and assume that it's some kind of freaky deaky stuff when he's saying frightening i think and really giving it thought that it's more a fear of of the unknown of a concept like monogamy so let's do something frightening as in let's just let's let's take this leap of faith here and to something that we may not, that, that we don't know what's going to happen. Um, that's how I take that lyric. Let's do something frightening. It's not necessarily, let's do something that's going to scare the hell out of you in terms of something sexual that we're doing, you know, and uh, no, it's not that. And that, but it kind of is, I mean, because obviously the sexual aspect of it is included, but the real fright is the idea of just being with one person and not knowing how that's going to work out. You know, mm-hmm. the unknown, the great unknown then. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, that is that's how I interpret it now as well. You know, sitting down with it and thinking about it and thinking about how it relates to what I believe the themes of this song to be. Uh, that's how I take it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that's dangerous has to be good. And the use of the word dangerous here, I do believe, is intentional and, and does have ramifications in terms of like 
Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's something, there's a line later. It almost feels like a throwaway line, but it's much later in the song. And we'll, we'll tie back the danger aspect um, here in a little bit. I'm the type of alien who knows just what he wants. But you're the type who plays in the trees. You got it. Maybe that's why you blow. Yeah, I climb a thousand trees. If I have to, but baby, I'm warning you, one of us is gonna end up on our knees. Sex, sex, just can't stop the feeling, baby, nobody should. Um, okay, so then the ver- second verse, he kind of ups the ante on this whole alien visiting from the planet Venus. He says, now I'm the type of alien who knows just what he wants, but you're the type who plays in the trees. You got it, maybe that's why you float. I climb a thousand trees if I have to, but baby, I'm warning you, one of us is going to end up on our knees. This this verse is <laughs> a little bit strange to me. Um, the metaphor that's being used about playing, it, or the the double meaning potentially of playing in the trees and end up on your knees is intriguing. Like the whole tree part I wasn't sure how to take that at first, if, unless mm-hmm. it meant maybe playing hard to get. So playing up in the trees is like trying to escape, playing hard to get. I, honestly, Ernie, I'm not sure. <laughs> I have an idea as to what what he might be meaning by that because I was thinking about that too, and I go, "What the heck the, is he is he referring to like monkeys or something?" And then I don't know, man. That might sound kind of funky if you say something like that. that, that you know, you're, you're bordering on being rude. Say something like uh-huh. that, but. I think what, what he means about that, because I was thinking, okay, well, who plays in trees? Well, kids do, or or in other words, people of, of, of a kid like mine, or somebody who's who's young or green. That mm. are, are you the type of plays in the trees? Are you are you a young buck? Are you somebody who's who's young minded, inexperienced? Um, because I'm the type of alien who knows just what he wants, but you're the young one who's not quite sure. And you know, just kind of playing around, playing the game. Um, that's how I take that one. You're you're the type who plays in trees, in the trees. In other words, you're just very uh, child-minded, like uh, or very immature. I guess that's the mm-hmm. right word. Very immature. Because um, that's how I see it. It implies youth. Because it's kids who play in trees. Adults don't play yeah. in trees now. You know, adults who know what they want, they ain't up there in the trees playing around. But you, you know, you play in trees, you know, you're like a kid, man. You don't know what you want type of thing. Um, but the next line, uh, I, I I, see how it reads. I just, I, I hear it differently. And I wonder if in this case, I was, I was way wrong with the endorphin one, right? I was way wrong with that one. Uh, but this one, what I hear on that, and I think it works better. And because we, you know, we got to take whatever's written out here as, as this is what was the lyric is. But I always, because he, he. He, um, what's the word? He records two or three different, he layers his voices on these and they're mm-hmm. off just a little bit. So it's kind of hard to understand what some lyrics are sometimes. Um, uh, but he says, you got it. Maybe that's why you float. I don't know. I'm not cool with the word float. I've always thought that, that, that the word w- there was flaunt. And mm-hmm. if you hear it, it kind of sounds like that. And I kind of go with that, you know, you got it. Maybe that's why you flaunt. In other words, yeah, you're a little kid, but you know, you know what you got. And, uh, and you're just kind of showing it off. 
And so I've always taken that to be the word there because float. What? Huh? Doesn't make much sense. Doesn't make much sense. Maybe that's why you float. Cause you got it. You got what? Big old titties. You float. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I mean, I, right? it doesn't. It's silly. You know. Yeah. You, you know, big booze, big butt, and that's what. That's why you float. Cause you got it. You got that. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really make sense like that. I mean, it could be in the Prince world. It might be that. And maybe that's again. Maybe that's what he said. Maybe that's a line that he used back in the day. You know, when he would talk to folks, you know, maybe that's things that, that he would tell them. Um, but I think flaunt works a little bit better here. I don't know what you think about that line. No, I think so. Um, what I'm going to try to do, and it's so hard because you try to Google Prince sex lyrics, you're just going to get like a whole bunch of uh, lyrics that Prince mentions the word sex in, which is mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm trying to. Because there's multiple, uh, obviously, there's multiple websites out there with lyrics. And I'm curious if and one of them is a pretty solid one. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, a website that's called Moon, Moonbeam Levels for You, which is... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one for lyrics. And the, my, my always my problem with this website is they use the same kind of language that prince does like they use the the for for i they'll put a the uh, symbol of an i in there they yeah. use the use the letter u and the b the letter b so it just makes it harder for me when i'm reading to read it <laughs> so i don't always go with this website first but now that i'm looking at it and guess what it says here it says let flunk me let me see let me see i'm in there right so, now was that? Yeah, so yeah, Moonbeam, okay. Moonbeam Levels for You says, Now I'm the type of alien who knows just what he wants, but you're the type who plays in the trees. You got it. Maybe that's why you flaunt. Well, oh, you I'd go. climb a tra- thousand trees if I have to, but baby, I'm warning you, one of us is going to end up on our knees. So they're, they're saying it's flaunt, not. And looking, looking at that, his name is still Endorphin. It's not Dolphin. Okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I, I, that's how I always heard. I always heard it as flaunt. That's why okay. to me and it makes more sense that way. <laughs> the other float, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I had to really stretch to to make that word work. So flaunt. Okay. okay. So does that change anything in your mind in terms of the whole use of the word trees in this verse, knowing that he, or likely knowing that he says flaunt here? No. Okay. Because he says you got it. Maybe that's why you flaunt. Meaning, I think I take that now. You got it. Meaning, like you got. Almost like you got the look, like you, you know, you're the shit, you know, that you have. Right. Because it could still, because if we put it in regular, regular speak, you know, but you're, you're very immature, although you're hot and you, and you, and you, uh, and you know it. Yeah. That's kind of what the line would mean then. Agreed. Yeah, I think that, and and also that makes sense because when I hear the word float, I'm just like they're floating up into the trees. I mean, okay. <laughs> when I hear float, I hear I think of the the movie It in the book. Ah, I was it, gonna say that. Steve I'm King. thinking Pennywise. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll all float down here. Like eh, that's not the imagery I want for the song called Sex. That doesn't work. <laughs> okay, we clarified there. Sorry, genius, but. Uh, Flaunt seems to be the the answer. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I like the double, meaning one of us is going to end up on our knees. I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, you can take that to mean a couple things. Of course, you could think of it as meaning like somebody's going to get on their knees to perform oral sex. Or you could think of it meaning like somebody's going to be on their knees begging That's for exactly more or begging them yeah, to do something or be with them. So there's there's a couple different ways to to look at that line, and of course that's I I assume that's how why Prince wrote it is because you can interpret it multiple ways, the dirty way and maybe the the other less dirty way. <laughs> well, I think it's 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 either or depending on who which one of us is going to end up on our knees. If it's, if it's going to be endorphin on his knees, well, he's going to be begging. He's he's out, it's out of desperation. If it's going to be her, it's out of conquest. To put it mildly, mm. so yeah, um, I like that. You know. Desperation, yeah, but because, he, because he's saying a couple lines before that, I climb a thousand trees if I have to. And I was like, I, I will go to your level if I have to, yep. to, to get to get what I need. Which okay, <laughs> all right, but baby, I'm warning you, one of us is going up on her. In other words, you know, <laughs> right. something's gonna happen <laughs> if I if we gotta go to that to that end. Then something's gonna happen, you know. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so then after that, we we basically get a reiteration of the uh, the chorus: "Sex just can't stop the feeling, baby. Nobody should. Sex, anything that's dangerous, has to be good. Just has to be." And then we get um, kind of like maybe I'll call it an interlude. But... On a chair, baby, let me dance under your skirt. He says, get up on a chair, baby. Let me dance under your skirt. Everybody on the dance floor now. Get up on the table now. Let me show you how to flirt. Oh, Lord, feels good. I like it, baby, when you touch me there. When you, I'm sorry. I like it, baby, when you let me touch you there. I like it, girl. I knew you weren't wearing any underwear. Baby, is it wrong that I want you so? I want you, baby. I want you now. Then he, like, says S-E-X. So here, I just get, like, he's just getting more worked up. You know, Mm -hmm. he's explaining some of the things that, he's going to do to her because at this point you have to if you're reading it like a narrative he's managed to capture her from the trees and endorphin has has got what he wants and this is what he's going to do or else he's trying to still convince her um and you know the whole part about letting dance under your skirt and then he notices that she wasn't wearing underwear (laughs) so you have like a little bit of an an upskirt kind of a view um, so that's a little bit um, dirty, a little bit naughty, I guess. Um, well, because... it's it's the whole uh, that's the the conquest part of the song right there. Uh, he's trying to get to her, telling her to get up on the chair so he can dance under her skirt. And you know, everybody on the dance for now. That's just for the crowd or the listener. Um, get up on the table now. Let me show you how to flirt. And then he's still talking to that girl. All right, so that's done. Now, now the act has begun. The the sexual act or or the the physical act has begun. That's where, you know, you get the old oh Lord. Oh, feels good. Oh, feels good. 
and then right after that, he's 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 already in the act with her. That's why he says, mm-hmm. "I like it, baby, when you let me touch you there." In other words, I've just I've touched you there, and I like it when you let me touch you there. It's already happened, and now I'm not just trying to get to you. I've gotten to you, you've gotten to me. You know, let's make it reciprocal here because one on one. So I've gotten to you, you've gotten to me, and I like it when you let me touch you there. So now it's 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 happened, and it's happening. And then again, he reemphasizes that I like it, girl. I knew you weren't wearing any underwear because I that's I know how do I know that because yeah, I already touched you there. That's mm-hmm. how I know that. See, it's already happened. And just a few lines, you went from, you know, trying trying to, you know, putting, laying the Mac down to try to get to the girl and then uh, putting your moves on her and then the moves having been put on her. Uh, and then he just reemphasized, baby, is it wrong that I want you? So just, just that's more, again, more pillow talk. Yeah. During or after the act. Whatever the act may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I I, I do think it's uh, it's very prince-like th- those mm-hmm. lyrics. Like he's done that many times, where he has explained and expressed, sometimes in explicit detail, the level of sexual interaction that they're going to have or that they're having, and it's usually about titillation and about turning the person on. It's less about his pleasure and more about her pleasure mm-hmm. it seems to be a very common very common theme here and um it's it's not the first nor the last time that we'll read lyrics about prince doing something that's going to really turn his his woman on and this is what you know he's expressing here as well all the boys that know about the good thing say yeah yeah and all the girls with no underwear on say yes So I'm going to read the next section. There really isn't anything much to talk about. It's just kind of Prince um, getting the, the crowd involved and and getting some interaction from the listeners. Fellas, all the boys that know about the good things say, yeah, yeah. All the girls with no underwear on say, yes. We getting funky tonight. Sex. You'll peep this out. Fellas, I want everybody saying it on the one. Come on. S-E-X. Say it. And I'll repeat that. Come on. S-E-X. Keep that going, fellas. Come on. Ladies, back them up. One time. Is the best. Is the best. Come on. Ladies, back them up one time. And then you hear some more Prince vocals in the background. He's he's using his falsetto to... Uh, <laughs> to make it sound like he's got a bunch of women. I thought in that was funny. I mean, you get yourself a female to do that. It's kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, whenever he doesn't, like, whenever he puts on a woman's voice to, you know, when he has these call-outs and these people and the and the crowd, the quote-unquote crowd that they're supposed mm-hmm. to be call and response, and he just uses himself. I think he was just too impatient. Like he wanted to get the song done. Nobody was around. Right. Like. Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it myself. <laughs> that's probably that's probably what it was. Yeah. But as you could definitely tell it's Prince saying this in the in a, his falsetto. S E X is the best. S S E X is the best. Come on. And he says that again. S E X is the best. 
Um, so this part is what I was referring to earlier, this very next part, not the stuff mm-hmm. I just said, but the very next part is what I was referring to earlier when I thought that there was some uh, comments, commentary about the dangers of of sex if it's not done safely or if you have too many partners. One lover, sex. Okay, you have One lover, sex. One lover, sex. I don't think you heard me. One lover, sex. Yeah. Two lovers, death. With it? Two lovers, death. That's some dark shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's some dark shit. Yeah. I mean, he's thinking, like, I mean, of course, I take this to be the peak AIDS crisis in 1989, mm-hmm. late 80s, yes. um, where monogamy or uh, not engaging in monogamy, not embarking in a monogamous relationship and having a lot of unprotected sex with a large number of people could literally mean death where before i'm like oh you know oops i got i got uh, syphilis you know we'll we'll just take care of that but now could mean death and that's scary and it was super scary for sexually active people in the 80s i'm sure Mm. i wasn't sexually active yet (laughs) i was pretty young (laughs) yeah no (laughs) i didn't have to worry about that but um but for those you know in their 20s and 30s and adults that were used to a certain way like in the 70s and 60s the free love movement and now all of a sudden you gotta stop all that um because there's this disease that nobody seems to understand where it's coming from or even if they do understand where it's coming from there's no cure for it so what are you gonna do you gotta change your behaviors it's the only option that's right two lovers death so that's when he says dangerous earlier in the song, like something that's dangerous has to be good. You know, it can be interpreted. He's talking dangerous, meaning like you can become almost addicted to it or uh, anything that's going to release that level of chemical um, pleasure into your brain might be something you seek out more often than what is healthy. So maybe it could be perceived that way. But I also mean like, something that's dangerous meaning like something that could literally kill you mm-hmm. if you're not careful has to be good what do you what do you think ernie do you, do that, you that's what, that? no i no yeah i know 100 that that's um that's what i always thought even even back then i was thinking that that's probably what he was talking about as far as getting some kind not necessarily directly <clears throat> excuse me directly aids related uh, and it could have just it could have been inclusive of that but again you know i I was it was in high school during all that time or junior high during during all that time in the in the 80s. So, I mean, it, that wasn't really something that I was aware of. I knew what it was, but it wasn't something that I was actively worried about because, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't sexually active. So it wasn't something that I had to worry about in that respect. But um, I knew that when he was saying that it was dangerous, that dangerous and that you can get some kind of disease or or you can get AIDS or something, you know, I think it was just all encompassing. It's dangerous to just be going around different people because you never know. And ultimately that's what the song's about. And you, re- it really drives it home 
Uh, it just mentions it at the at the beginning, you know, monogamy and trust is what I'm talking about, but it really drives it home here and mm-hmm. and towards the end of the song. And and that's pretty straightforward. I mean, you don't get much more Prince cryptic, less Prince cryptic than this, pretty much. One lover's sex, two lovers' death. Yeah, and that's what it is. You know. uh, there's really I can't imagine any other way to interpret that. <laughs> no, there is no other way to interpret that. <laughs> no, I don't know I mean, how. He, he does it with as few words as possible. Like he doesn't even use. Uh, and he repeats I mean, he's it. Just, yeah, <laughs> you know, he repeats it. Telling you, I don't think you heard me. Yeah. So it's yep. pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Like I said, this this song is not the deepest of songs, and you think it would have been with the name like sex as i'm saying as i go back to that you know i expected so much more from this song i i I get the meaning and it's 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 a smart meaning it makes sense but um but other than that no (laughs) yeah yeah he he even doubles down on that on the theme of monogamy with one of the last lines of the song you can be nasty with one love but only one so he says that towards the end of the song. And uh, again, that is exactly saying what we've already just been talking about. The theme again is monogamy. And he really wants you to know it's okay to be nasty. You know, you can have, you can still have, you can still have your freaky sex if you want, if that's your thing. You can, you can do whatever you want as long as it's with one person. And then there's trust between you and it's um, consensual. But one person, man, pick pick that one person, do everything you want to do with that one person, and then uh, see how it goes from there. Yeah. Kind of thinking about it, though, I, I also wonder if maybe this may have been something that he, because uh, um, it would have written, been written afterwards as kind of like a, an, an addendum to I Want Your Sex from George Michael. I know they had mutual respect for each other in terms of the musicianship and music, musicology, I guess you could say. They respected each other in that end. I know uh, George Michael definitely respected Prince on that end. Um, but they're very similar themes. Very, very yeah. similar themes. You know, his was about monogamy as well. And it struck home with him a lot more being a gay man that, that he, you know, wanted to drive home the idea of, you know, monogamy is just one love to the point where well, MTV forced him to do it, to put that little uh, blurb where he would talk about the song uh, at the beginning of the video. I don't know if you remember that back then yeah, on, on MTV, where he would have to explain it. That it isn't about casual sex. It's about monogamy. And as if, the, I don't know, man, it, it, if a song like that, if you can't look, listen to the lyrics and understand the lyrics on that one, then I can't help you because that's exactly what that song was all about. Uh, and his line on that one was almost as, as succinct as Prince is here. He's a, uh, sex is best when it's one on one on that song. And here it's just, again, one lover, sex with Prince. It's very straightforward. And I always think that maybe they were, they were like hand in hand, shaking hands type of songs, you know, those two songs. Prince's sex yeah. coming out later. But yeah, um, the 80s were pretty conservative when it came. I mean, in many ways they weren't, but in when it comes time to talk about sex in music these were actually pretty conservative like these themes are very conservative yeah unless you're two life crew then you know (laughs) yeah right well then they had to go the opposite way then in the 90s then the or towards the end of the 80s and into the 90s then you know rap picked up the batons like well if you guys aren't going to talk about nasty shit we will (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right 
yeah. We got it. We got it from here, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything further. I think, again, like you both said, we've, we've covered the song. We've got the lyrics down. We kind of understand where Prince is coming from here. He says it right up front, and then he just uses the rest of the song to kind of prove his point and explain and, and give us as the listener more ammunition like cool sex is still great the guys don't worry about it like monogamy sounds boring if you especially if you live during the 60s and 70s but for all you young cats growing up you know and just starting to get into sex this is what this is where i think your head should be at you shouldn't be thinking yeah. i'm gonna go you know bang uh you know a new person every other day you should be thinking like find the one for you that's gonna you know match your personality match your desires um somebody that you're attracted to and is attracted to you equally and you can have a great uh, sexual chemistry and have a great sex life and it doesn't have to be uh something that you know you can't do with this person like there should be no secrets there should be no uh, holding back if if you can both be honest with each other and there's the trust part again if you can both trust each other and be honest with each other uh do whatever you both want to do and don't worry about uh, how they're going to think and feel but just do it with that one person and and sex is still sex can still be great guys <laughs> trust me i'm prince i i'm telling you sex could still be great with one person <laughs> right 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 space it out space it out don't don't have three or four in one day you know go one this week and one next week <laughs> you know that type of thing. but yeah. if you're gonna be with one be with one no matter if it's just you know for a short period of time that's that's kind of well i mean that's how printed it so <laughs> yeah yeah serial monogamist i've heard that term used to describe him <laughs> yeah 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 very fitting <laughs> okay so ernie do you have any final thoughts on the song or anything else that you don't think we've expressed um no not really i mean again i i like the song i mean it may sound like i'm kind of uh downplaying the song or anything i really did like the song i think it's it's again it's an earworm type of song and um i but i i I had to reemphasize that i just expected a whole lot more from it from the title and versus what we actually got i thought it was going to be a lot crazier i think like you said had this been recorded a few years earlier i think it and for all we know there is a song called sex or recorded earlier completely different wouldn't surprise me and that's probably Mm -hmm. what the one that i thought i was going to hear sure it's probably still in the vault somewhere it wouldn't it would not surprise me one bit you know maybe if that's true maybe someday we will hear it that would be neat that would be neat. <laughs> it definitely would be <laughs> maybe a dirty mind era um ah, that'd yeah, be cool. that's where we're we going. already got we already got 1999 and it wasn't on there so nah. we got vagina off 1999 super deluxe but we didn't get a song and that was so and they get that's another one <laughs> yeah. you know if you're gonna throw another one word type of song well, oh man imagine a song called vagina Woo, man it's gonna be crazy <laughs> what you gonna be talking about and then you hear the song you're like oh okay it was very cool though. Very cool. You know what yeah. I got? I got a question for you. I got a question sure. for you. Yeah. From stuff that has officially come out since this passing, what's been your number one? What is your, your most favorite vault track of the ones that have come out? The one that really stuck out with you? Like, oh crap, that's that's cool. Does it have to be something that I've heard never heard before prior to it coming out? It could be something you've heard before, but when you finally heard it, you're like, eh. 
because it probably would have been sounding better. Yeah, I mean, I I'd heard the computer blue hallway speech version before <laughs> it was released and uh, off the Purple Rain Deluxe in 2017, yeah. but anything um, Purple Rain related, I'm gonna be just fawning over because that was my favorite Prince album for so many years. It's mm-hmm. it's maybe tied for first now with 1999 so anything computer blue and i love i love you know the extending that song out the way it was extended i had never heard we can fuck prior to that release either i had heard mm-hmm. of course we can funk and how prince had you know taken that song and and made it a little more i don't know maybe a little less um explicit. a little bit more commercial a little more commercial. yeah a little more commercial thank you yeah. um but i really enjoyed that so i i think those two combined um but the, but there's songs that were released off of silent times in 1999 super deluxes that were revelations to me as well but i keep going back to those two because they're like epic long songs with you know, um, almost like their movies. They, they tell a story. Mm-hmm. They go a whole bunch of different places, musically, lyrically. They're just they're just truly epic songs, and that always proved to me like those songs are not songs written by a, a quote unquote pop artist. Like I don't believe right. Prince was a pop artist. No, pop no, artists no. don't make songs like Computer Blue. Uh-uh. <laughs> they don't no make way. songs like they, they, in their wildest dreams could they do that those are that's reserved for some crazy groups like the beatles or the beach boys who would do something wild like that and something yeah. experimental and go crazy that way with that they, they were they were trying to compose things not necessarily make a, a pop hit yeah. you know that was not the priority and you're right i, I have to agree with uh with computer blue that's one of my faves i have computer blue and because I've always wanted to hear it and finally got to hear it, Cosmic Day. And, ah, um, sure. but yeah, uh, those, those, but Computer Blue, whoo, man, that, that song, I can't hear it any other way. I can't yeah. hear the regular version. I, I always consider that particular song, I don't want to go on a big old tangent on this, but that, that song, as it's presented on the original album, to me was just the first section before you hear Darling Nikki. It was a lead-in into Darling Nikki. That's that's how I thought about that song. I didn't think of it much more than that. Uh, but when you hear the whole thing and you really take it in, now that is a song to break to dissect. You t- that is just wild beyond belief as far as what's going on in that song. It's it's so incredibly deep, and it's a shame that that didn't get played out in the movie because mm-hmm. that would have been you would have gone into deep psyche on on the kid with that song oh for sure yeah it it goes real deep lyrically and so for any listeners listening to this episode that haven't gone back and listened to my computer blue episode do it because i because i cover the hallway speech version because there's just for me there wasn't enough lyrics in the original album released version uh so i wanted to cover the whole thing because it it, it tells truly tells a story and so go back and listen to that episode if you haven't that album release version is a terribly neutered version that's really yeah, the best I way mean, for I me get to it. describe it. I get why they did it, but it's unfortunate. It's yeah, unfortunate. It, it, yeah, it, it was a, uh, it was a result of 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 editing, but an unfortunate result. Mm-hmm. When you know what what really lies there, it's like the the whole life and lifeblood of that song was taken out uh, to make to make it 
part to make it an intro song basically and yeah. um but anyhow yeah that's that's i was curious as to what what your your number ones were for for the vault stuff so far yeah. so far well thanks for asking crossed, i we'll appreciate it <laughs> yeah so far there's <laughs> hopefully more to come all right ernie um can you know do you have a social media presence you want to point anybody to that's listening to the episode want yeah. to check out what you're up to yeah, you guys can uh, hit me up either on Facebook or Twitter. I'm under this pretty much the same. Look me up under Ernie Wiles. That's E-R-N-I-E-W-Y-L-E-S. Uh, you'll find me there. Uh, and either one hit me up, guys. I'm, I'm uh, very open to talking about Prince or anything, you know. And uh, um, I, I kind of know my stuff when it comes to Prince stuff. You know, I'm pretty good with it. So, you know, I, you know hit me up on it and, we'll, you know, we'll chat it up. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks, Ernie. Much appreciated you being on the show. Great having oh, you thanks, as a new guest. You. Yeah, you know, would love to do it again sometime. You know, because uh, I, I like the musical breakdown, but my I really am big at listening to the lyrical content of the song. And some people are just the opposite. They they go for the vibe of the song, and I think that's important. But the lyrics are especially important. Unless it's an instrumental, then who cares? But other than that, you know, uh, <laughs> exactly. But other than that, I mean, uh, obviously, I agree it, with you. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenniger. You can find the show on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, also, PresserWine.net is the website that I use to host the show. You can find it on all other uh, podcast catchers as well. Got a Discord. So if you like talking about prints on Discord, you can find the Press for My Discord links in my social media uh, profiles. So check it out there. And until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Cause I can do